Welcome to the first rehearsal of Joan Still. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Emotionally, physically, and spiritually, this is our most complicated piece we've ever tried to do. Most ambitious. Now, we only have three weeks to create a masterpiece. It's on you now. It's up to you. Mm -hmm. So that's on your shoulders, as well as Joan's well-being and her legacy. All on you. But you so deserve it on every level. You guys are so talented, so unbelievable. This will break you. This will fully destroy you. Congratulations on being the most talented kids at camp. Welcome to a special episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Tamanini. On today's episode, I am joined by not one, but two of my absolute favorite and the absolute best theater content creators and influencers on the interwebs. Of course, one of them is my regular Today on Broadway co-host, Grace Aki. Grace, welcome to this very special episode. Oh, what an honor it is today. <laughs> today, a summer's day. What better thing to talk about than this particular piece? <laughs> yes, we will get to that here in a second, but we are also joined by, I don't, Ashley, I don't know how this happened. It's not Ashley Steves. We always talk to her, but we are here with theater influencer extraordinaire and somebody who literally, no matter who you are listening to this, I can almost guarantee that Ashley Hufford sees more theater than you because there is nary a day that she is not at the theater. Ashley, how much theater have you seen in the first six months? Do you have like a total number of shows that you've seen? I, I actually do, because I hit 100 on last last Sunday, and I saw, um, I had I was counting, and I was like, oh, my 100th show is coming up, so I wanted to make sure it was a good one, and so my 100th show was the uh, uh, Illinois. Um, oh. Up at, uh, the out of town. At, out of town, yeah, because I had a week, a week out of the city, and I saw three shows up, <laughs> of up in, out of the city, so I was very excited. So you saw Illinois, you saw... Cabaret at Barrington, and what was the mm -hmm. third? And then I saw The Contention, which is Henry VI Part Two at Shakespeare and Company up in uh, Lenox, Massachusetts. Okay, very nice. So we are talking to Ashley Hufford, who is an absolute superstar on theater TikTok, depending on where you are, and Instagram and Twitter, but uh, especially on TikTok, does great stuff there. Um, we're going to talk about something that is not technically theater, but is very much theater adjacent, and that is the new movie Theater Camp. If you have not heard about this, it is being released in theaters on July 14th, and it is written by Noah Galvin. Ben Platt, Molly Gordon, and Nick Lieberman. Noah, Molly, and Ben also are in the film. Molly and Nick direct it. Um, and it is about, as you would suspect, a theater camp. We're going to get into a lot of the specifics about the film here in just a few minutes. But before we do that, we don't want to spoil anything because there are a lot of like theater stuff and theater jokes and theater references that if you want to go in completely clean and not know anything, we want you to experience that. So we want to let you know the general thoughts that we had about the film before we dive into all of the spoilers. So, Ashley, as our guest here, why don't you start us off by telling us how you felt about the early screening that you saw a couple weeks ago of Theater Camp? Yeah, totally. Uh, first off, I feel like this is a an accomplishment for me to get to be on this. It's like a big <laughs> deal. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, and I was... So when I first saw the trailer for this film, I was really excited because I I went to theater camp. Uh, so I was just looking for a it. flex. That was a flex. If you all couldn't tell, I mean, that was I didn't, actually flexing. I didn't go to I didn't go to a, I didn't go to like stage French door Woods. French Woods. I went to Long Lake <laughs> Camp for the Arts, which is like a theater camp. But it was also just like a general arts camp. 
but our fame, our claim to fame is that uh, Bar Barrett uh, Wolverine went to Long Lake okay. um, and Demi Moore's kids all went to Long Lake, Rumor Scout um, in Tallulah. Uh, that was the, the the claim to fame of Long Lake, but it was uh, not quite as intense as the theater camp theater camp. Uh, but I was, I really enjoyed it. I had a really good time. Like I, I went in kind of not, like, I didn't even know it was like a mockumentary. Like I went in completely like kind of trying to go with no expectations and no idea what was ha happening. And then I just like, I laughed so hard. And then to be in like a room full of people that are all like theater people, I feel like that's like the best way to watch this because there, we'll get into it obviously, but so many moments that like only real true like theater kids I think can get. And I, I don't know, the whole thing made it, it made it funnier. And then like the moments that were funny, like watching people around me react made me laugh more. So I really had a great time at the early screening. So I just want to call out that I was also uh, meant to be at that early screening with a yeah, bunch you're of sitting, You're supposed to sit behind people. me. You're yeah, a, you're embarrassing. <laughs> I had the date wrong in my calendar and nothing was worse than getting a text from Felicia Fitzpatrick of missed you <laughs> and a photo of the of the chair. And I was like, Oops. absolutely gobsmacked. So really thankful and shout out to Maggie um, for for letting me see the screener um, because I felt like I was and I was watching it alongside a fellow theater person, um, my partner, and we were rolling, screaming, laughing the entire time at the like mockumentary style that none of us were expecting. I'm glad you called that out. Um, but also just the like insider, but not too niche aspect of all of it. I think that they nailed that tone from the very start of the film, which is really hard to do when you're doing that type of movie. Yeah, I think th what really worked for me was was that tone where this is a theater camp. The adult characters played mostly by Ben, Molly, and Noah, but also uh, Jimmy Tatro uh, and then Nathan Lee Graham, a former Broadway radio guest, and Ayo Etabire, uh, as well as others. They played a more exaggerated version of what I think we think of as summer camp, theater camp counselors. But the kids, while a little bit exaggerated, having been a high school theater teacher, like I can tell you they weren't that exaggerated. So I liked <laughs> the difference between seeing the adults be the one played as fools, because so often we talk about theater kids we kind of make the kids the butts of the jokes. And while there was certainly a little bit of that, they were certainly extra and extreme. But I, I appreciated the fact that it was the adults and the counselors who were the ones that were the most ridiculous of, of everybody in the film. So I really liked that tone. I thought it really worked. And also, I got to tell you, any time on-screen text can make me laugh out loud, that is an accomplishment, especially in a mockumentary uh, format, because we can get into some of my favorite on-screen text, but... Uh, the, those were some of my favorite jokes in the in, in the entire film. So um, thumbs up from all of us so far. So let's get into the film itself here. So if you haven't seen it, pause it, go watch it when it's available in movie theaters beginning on July 14th, and then come back to this episode so that you can um, so you can listen to it then. But if you don't mind spoilers at this point, go ahead and uh, and, and we'll break everything down here. So. <laughs> it starts off with, I didn't realize that Amy Sedaris was going to be in this movie. And she is the, the shock of the film. The <laughs> yes. absolute shock of the film is as they like start this film and like kudos shout out. I forget her name. I'm so sorry. The mom from Maisel. 
being like her co-pilot oh, yeah. and um, Amy Sedaris being the figurehead of this camp. I was like, oh my God, they got Amy as if they like don't have access to like all of Hollywood. Like that was like the big get for me. I'm just like looking around my empty room with like my partner being like, hold on, they got Amy, they got Amy. It was so shocking and fabulous. This is why you shouldn't Google things. Don't also, Google a movie before you see it. <laughs> I also love it because they clearly had her for like one hour and they like got the best hour out <laughs> yeah. of her ever. Like, well, I love my it. girl said, I'm on call for one day, bitch. Like I'm, I'm just here for this one moment. Well, and that's important because like they filmed this movie in like less than three weeks. So this was a, a an entire feature film, hour and a half movie. They did it in like, actually, actually, I think I learned this from your TikTok about it. It was like 19 days. 19 days. Yeah. So they said in the talk back. Which is absolutely incredible. And if you don't know, okay, so here's the breakdown. I don't know who Nick Lieberman is. Maybe one of you two do. But I know, obviously, Ben Platt and Noah Galvin are partners there in a relationship. The the Dear Evan Hansons of it all. But Ben Platt and Molly Gordon, who play the central counselors in this, they're like, childhood friends they're like best friends along with um uh, beanie feldstein, with beanie feldstein and, from yeah, high they said school all of the footage of them is real oh footage God. of them yeah like, they have them so- like all the way down to like when they were four and five years old doing fiddler on the roof together like that's all real oh just to also backstory of that like the reason that all of you know about um i was about to say children or uh, <laughs> i was about to say peter and the Starcatcher, um the show from mcc the alice by heart Mm-hmm. That was written for Molly and Ben when they were very young. That's oh, how really? long that show has been in development. So when you see it now and like the way that it developed and then finally Molly Gordon got to do it at MCC, but they had Colton Ryan because Ben was obviously like busy and like the show had changed so much and like they had gotten older. Right. So that's how long these two have not only been like in the theater, like creating things together, but also like have been actual friends. And that show was a like written vehicle for them. Like it's, it's kind of fascinating. To be clear, Molly Gordon's mother, Jesse Nelson, who wrote the book for Waitress, she wrote Alice by Heart. Um, so she wrote it for her her daughter and her daughter's friend. Also, uh, Owen Thiel, who plays Gigi, the costume designer in it, also went to their high school. So the, a lot of the connections in this film are like actual real life connections. But getting back to the plot, Amy Sedaris plays Joan, who is the person who founded and runs a summer theater camp called Adirond acts like ace it's such a great pun um she goes on a little bit of like a recruiting and fundraising tour to like middle school productions (laughs) and and then i i I saw it coming like when they started doing it and then i was like they're not going to do it they're not going to do it they're not going to do it but she's sitting in the audience for a middle school production of bye bye birdie and they start using a strobe light and you start to see her eyes get wide and she literally has like a seizure and goes into a coma. I was, I knew that I was in for something absolutely ridiculous when they do that to Amy Sedaris in the first two minutes of the movie. And can I, well, can I say during this Bye Bye Birdie performance, if you notice Alexander Bello is serving, there's there, he's the reason that they're there to see him. Shout out to Alexander Bello. 
I got to work with him for Carolina Change cast recording um, because he was in the Carolina Change revival as one of the young boys. He was one of the kindest, most precocious, most professional children I have ever met in my life. And I said, this child is going to work. Like, there's no question. And he's on uh, the Sex and the City reboot as um, Chris Jackson's kid. Um, He's literally everywhere. But if you notice throughout the film, he is absolutely serving the entire time. And I'm just like, it's so good. But just like, him popping up on screen and then Amy Sarah is like having a stroke. I was just like, well, I'm in for it. <laughs> yeah, it was very good. So she is unable to actually run the camp. She is in a coma for the duration of the film. So her son, who is a crypto bro named Troy, played by Jimmy Tatro, he kind of takes over. He has no idea, knows nothing about theater. So he's just kind of there wandering aimlessly through the world of theater. And he has to rely on the counselor's Ben Platt plays Amos. He is the acting instructor. Molly Gordon plays Rebecca Diane, which this might have been lost on you two. It was not lost on me because I am older than both of you. But like those are the names of the two principal women on the show. Cheers. I have no idea if that was done on purpose, but Christy Alley and Shelley Long of it all like that's immediately what I thought of. So I don't know if that was a joke that I should have gotten a reference to or not, but it was hilarious. Um, Noah Galvin plays Glenn, the tech director. Uh, and uh, Nathan Lee Graham plays the uh, the dance director. And then they bring in a a new instructor uh, named Janet, who apparently lied on a resume and doesn't know anything, but uh, is played by the phenomenal. And she's in everything. But she was also in Matilda on Broadway. Uh, Io Edaberry from The Bear. And she's absolutely fantastic. So we can go from there. Where do you guys want to go? What what part of the film next is the most important to you, Ashley, where you kind of like got into it and you're like, okay, this is something that I'm going to jam with. Honestly, it was the scene where they're doing the auditions because it literally brought me back to when I like when I did theater summer camp, the way they would do the singing auditions is we'd all stand on a stage and sit down and we'd stand up and do like a 16 bar cut and then sit down next to each other. And then the next person would go. Oh, the horror. And so, oh my God. No, (laughs) it was crazy. And I'm not a singer. What did you sing? Um, I did Corner of the Sky from Pippin because I it was the only song that's like I can kind of hit those notes. But it was so funny watching all of these children like sing the like ridiculous, like the kids singing Sweeney Tide, like brought me to my knees. Bold. I was screaming. Well, that was Alexander, <laughs> but that, that was Alexander Bellow, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing, amazing. Like sounded so good, but it was just I love getting children to sing songs that they just are not like it's not for children but it's so funny and the, i don't know that was well, that's because like we all like every high school production or even middle school production they're like you know what we're gonna do rent for 14 year olds and <laughs> yes. you're just like where are we do- like like little shot like you know little night music for you know 15 year olds that like maybe just got their learner's permit like this is when we should do it you know what i mean so it's there's something like hilarious and precocious and I wish I had. Sorry. Did, no, no, no. Go did on. anyone take notes on the the names of the shows they were doing that season? Because that was I was like obviously like in the movie theater, but I wish I'd yeah. written down like because they were so they were like cats in the lobby. Like it was. Yeah, so cats is one, cats is one of them. I forget what else they were, but they were they were just the, the Crucible Junior, which <laughs> I thought was very funny because like I did the Crucible my freshman year of high school, like. I understand that there's like some stuff in it, but they talk about the fact that they did rent last summer. 
but it wasn't Rent Jr., but they're doing the Crucible Jr., which made me uh, kind of laugh a little bit at it. But uh, but that was very good. I think yes. the lunch tables were also really key. Like that yes. was like being like, see, all of these people met last year when they did Rent. And it was like, this is such a beautiful moment of like, companionship that happens no matter what like theater you do even if it's not a camp like that is such like a touchstone of like oh right like when you create this bond even if it's over a two-week run of a show everyone like has this kind of built-in relationship and so like highlighting it with like the lunch table scene of identifying everybody was so perfect I think that the Molly and Ben scene of them creating the musical themselves was what that's when I locked in. <laughs> yeah. So let me explain what that is. And then Grace, I'll have you explain what happens in that scene. Molly's character and Ben's character, Amos and Rebecca Diane, they always write a new original piece. And that is like the premier production of the entire summer. This year, they've decided to write one in honor of Joan called Joan Still. And the way that they kind of were brainstorming ideas was absolutely ridiculous. What was it about that scene, Grace, that really, really tickled you? I think that there is an intense confidence that we all have within the theater community that like they would say like, and we're creating an original musical. And then the 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 text on screen that read they have yet to write this musical was <laughs> the biggest <laughs> laugh. I absolutely like exclaimed because every I just I've never met a theater person that was not like a little bit of a liar. You know what I mean? Of like, this is what we're doing. And it's like, honey, you haven't even started, but everyone <laughs> loves to make a show of it. You know what I mean? And so like them announcing the season in front of the lunchroom was camp, ironically. And then them cutting to the scene of them being like, and this is the song, like that we have to do this song. And yes, anding each other was a beautiful moment of camaraderie that I was like, this feels fun. It doesn't feel pretentious. Like it is, but it isn't like it feels like we're on board with them. We want them to succeed. We want this to be a great show. Like we want, we want them to have written something really fun and beautiful. And I think that that's when I was like, this is really earnest. This is really sweet. This is really caring. Even though it's a mockumentary style, I felt like that was when they were kind of locked in. Cause at the end of the day, you could be like, these two like don't need to make this film. Like none of these people <laughs> needed to make this, you know, but they could, and they delivered it in such a passionate way that what we all forget is like theater kids grow up and they become theater adults, even if they don't pursue it as like, you know, a, a, a job or a profession, they still have that part of them that is like addicted to creating art together. And I really, I really love them establishing that friendship in that moment. And they yeah. also in that, so in the talk back we had after the film with Noah and Ben, they said they improved all of those scenes. They oh just filmed God. them writing the musical together, like Tim and Molly for like two hours or whatever. And just like, cut it, like they just like made it up on the spot. And at one point, Noah was like, yeah, they kicked me out because I was laughing so hard. And they're like, you're ruining, <laughs> you're ruining the scene. <laughs> and so they made Noah leave because he was like crying because it was so funny. And they would just like keep bringing up bits and like trying to like do it. And I was just like, that's to have that kind of chemistry with someone and that kind of history with someone where they can just be like, we're just going to film you pretending to write a musical for an hour. Like, wild. Well, let's talk about Noah. As I said earlier, Noah plays Glenn, who is the technical director of the camp. And then pretty early on, while he is <laughs> working with his students on how to use a follow spot, you see him like they're like, you're just walking across the stage. This is really easy. Do something harder. So he starts dancing and like, 
Noah Galvin is a legitimate Broadway triple threat person. So he starts like going full out dancing, all these different things. And the kids are like, oh, man, that was that was really good. And he kind of gets embarrassed. So you realize that Glenn as a character has a lot more going on than just the guy who knows how to run the light board and and to build all of the sets, which will obviously come back later in the film, which we're going to get to. But one of the issues in the film, one of like the inciting incidents around everything that that happens is for whatever reason, the camp is not doing well financially, which based off of some of the people that they hired is not a surprise. So (laughs) Troy Jones son has to kind of figure out how to keep the camp next door that does really well from completely taking over the camp. And he kind of screws that up along the way. Um, Patty Harrison plays a financial person trying to purchase the uh, purchase the camp. And he Troy's character kind of screws up that relationship quite a bit. But in the end, like they have to have they ha- some things go on. They have to have Noah step in for somebody in the final performance. And Noah actually plays Amy Sedaris's character, Joan, at the end. And it is honestly, first off, I wouldn't have recognized Noah in that full drag that he was in. But my God, was that like, oh, that's a legitimately phenomenal performance in the most ridiculous possible situation, Ashley. I mean, I was so, I mean, obviously we know Noah is talented, but I was like legitimate like it took me a, a solid 30 seconds to be like who is that and then i, was I like, had no idea oh. i did not know it was him <laughs> like, and then i think someone literally someone like behind me was like is that noah and i was like oh my goodness and then like his we again like we know he's got an incredible voice but like the notes he was hitting like and then to be performing with a bunch of children and like Yes. Not even, and like, but I felt like he didn't, it wasn't even like he was so good, but it wasn't like he was like outshining the children. Like it just like added to the performance. I don't know. It was, I was very impressed. Yeah. Grace, what did you think of uh, Noah's star turn in Joan Still, the musical? Listen, if you set up a premise where you, having been an Evan Hansen on Broadway, Opie yeah. and waitress, et cetera, et cetera, as a backstage crew stage hand I looked at F and we were both like oh so at the end he's gonna like come out on stage and like do a whole number like that's it's kind of like oh this is they're establishing that like there's gonna be a surprise element because there's just no way in hell Noah Noah signed on to be (laughs) chilling with a headset I'm sorry it's just not happening for me um and I was thrilled that there was a payoff because I I thought there would be like a I agree I thought there'd be a number I didn't I never would have guessed that would be the way they would do it which I think made it because I was like in drag oh, in drag well and like because they have that the girl the girl from the babysitters club I forgot her name who was like the the, the star Vivian, yeah Vivian Sachs plays uh Lainey who it was originally cast as older Joan in Joan still she books some sort of movie and then speaking of people that they got to just come in and do like hour of filming she is picked up from the camp by her grandmother priscilla lopez so um which is hilarious because like ben's character looks at her in complete shock almost like she was supposed to be priscilla lopez and i was waiting for him to recognize her and like say something but then in the credits she's listed as like grandma elizabeth so she's clearly not priscilla lopez in the in the film but but the facial response of her stepping out of the car that Ben gave. Oh, I think was- she is. I think she is. I think that that's, that's on purpose, like the billing of it so that it doesn't reveal. I genuinely believe that that's the point. 
Okay. Well, I, w- I was waiting for him to be like, your grandma's Priscilla Lopez. Like, I was waiting for that. Um, okay. Well, that if you think that that was just like a diversion, like when they put change the name of my unfortunate erection in spelling bee or something yeah. like that's uh that's a that's a misdirect I, I can get on board with that that makes a lot more sense um i mentioned earlier that one of my favorite things was the on-screen text there's one at the very beginning and one at the very end there's others throughout but that were some of my favorites after joan has her coma this the text on the screen and i wrote it down it said it was the first bye-bye birdie related injury in the history of Pasit county which i was like oh that's funny. And that's going to like, this is the vibe of this movie. I'm going to love this at the end. After they do finally save the camp, spoiler alert, I guess um, Troy decides to write a book and the name of his book is going to be, you can't spell community without coma, which made me laugh hysterically because there's no a in community, but there is an <laughs> a in coma. Um, and this guy's an idiot, but like, I kind of actually loved Troy. He was, you were talking about Grace earlier, the earnestness of it. Like as much as he was, uh, you know, set up to be like this idiot crypto bro wannabe influencer, like he was kind of sweet. And, and I really actually came to like him a lot as a, uh, uh, as a character trying to do the right thing throughout the movie. When he does the, so there's like a, at one point there's a camp dance and he does that, like, t- like the, disco or like the whatever it is version the dj remix the dj remix and i just like it was just every time that they like elevate it and then they all paid off which i thought was so good they could have made him just like a total dick but instead he does come across as like i just want to like do right by my mom and i don't know how to do anything well this is what made it so beautiful right is that like i think and and understandably so theater people theater kids in general have this air about them that like if you don't get it like it's very exclusive and that's something I've never liked about you know parts of the theater community is like oh if you don't get this reference you can't sit with us and it's like we should be accepting of all like isn't this supposed to be like the one place where even if you aren't like obsessed with Andrew Lloyd Webber or whomever like that you're still invited to the table and that they never made they I mean they did a little bit like to be like who is he you know what I mean but eventually like they come around in not so much like a meanie kind of way it's like this should be accepting to all like everyone should be invited to the table and like him in the audition room when they're singing Post Malone yeah (laughs) the song from the Spider-Man 2 soundtrack yeah very very good yeah that that was done by Donovan uh, Colon I don't know him but he was uh he was pretty great uh as well that kid but Grace you mentioned all of the references in the film and like it can be really alienating if you don't know those references but i want to ask both of you like what were some of your deep cut favorite references that this film made okay during the performance of joan still there is a portion where they're going chronologically into joan's life and there is a moment where joan is enjoying studio 54 if you are unfamiliar with the lore of annie on broadway you would have just bypassed this moment and thought that's strange that kids are in this, right? So kids with red curly of, hair. Yeah, it was yeah. very so in the lore funny. Of uh, Annie the musical, the Annie kids, and this is again like not in accordance. Um, what's her face? Who was the original Annie? Uh, Andrea McArdle. But that all these kids would go to Studio Fifty Four and like snort coke and like hang out with everybody. 
So the fact that there is a absolute cocaine nightmare scene in the middle of Jones still with three little orphan Annie's in red wigs. If you don't know, you don't know. And I just thought for anybody that doesn't know this, just watching these children, it just looks like they threw some costumes on that they had from last year and called it a day. And it is so funny. It's still funny, even if you don't know that stuff. But if you do know, it just feels like, you know, the two camp counselors that were in charge of this were like, and, you know, they were probably there. When, you know, <laughs> like it's just it's such a great cut uh, of a, um, you know, theater history moment. That so that scene because like the 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 giant nose is like a thing that comes out like it, they follow the whole the whole movie and I just kind of didn't think about it and then when they reveal that's what they're doing with the giant like I like when they're all being pulled like into the nose like <laughs> well like the rain of cocaine it just like I was like this is such a good payoff because at one point they're like doing the rehearsal where they talk about the giant nose. And I just kind of hadn't thought about it. And then I just thought it was such a good reveal. <laughs> this is uh, absurd. But yeah, Joan, Joan's life. I there We were told that we are getting a cast recording, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. And some of these songs, the writers of the film um, are credited as writers of the songs, but also uh, credited with that is Mark Sonnenblick, who is somebody who a lot of people might know from the the off-Broadway musical oh, Midnight at the Never Get, which I saw at, I think, at the York Theatre Company. Um, also worked on uh, Spirited and Lyle Lyle Crocodile and and some other things, but he's a, like a Jonathan Larson Grant winner. So the songs, the original songs for Joan Still were very, very good and very, very fun. So uh, I'm glad to know that they are going to put out a cast album. Any other any other references or theater insidery jokes that you thought was uh, were especially uh, good payoffs? I just love just like the everything in the background of every scene, like all of the posters, all of the playbills. Like it just felt like a summer camp. And like when you watch all the kids just like set up their bunks, like for me, so much it's like it's again, it's wild to me they film this in 19 days because it feels so rich and like all of it feels like cheap summer camp in like a very purposeful way. And I just think that's like, if you've ever been to just camp in general, like you'll relate to like the shitty bunks and like hanging up your little posters. And like, I don't know, I felt all of that just made everything feel really authentic. And then I also, one of the things that is was not realistic, but that I loved was how every class was like an all ages class. Like it was like dance from eight to 15. <laughs> and you're like, this is our base that's class. I was like, did none of these kids do they go to the same dance class every single summer? Like in everything, it was like 10-year-olds and 14-year-olds all hanging out together. And it was just that made me, I don't know. That was, I think, not necessarily realistic, but added to it of all these classes just being like anyone of any age. There's no like dance too. It's just like dance. <laughs> uh any, anything else that we have to point out for you, Grace? Yeah, so mm, humble brag, I happen to be friends with one of the cast members of the show. I know, I know. Um that well that I would like to uh, speak to. So, um cut to like last year, I'm having like a little breakfast brunch at the Peachy Keen with one the only Alan Kim and his family uh, uh because Alan's sister was young Elsa in the Frozen National Tour. 
Um, and with, with my partner and, uh, we just like, I, I just love that family. They're so cool. They're so smart. They're so funny. Um, and Alan famously was in Meanery with, uh, Stephen Yun. It's a fantastic film. If you've never seen it, go watch it. Um, it's honestly one of my favorites, but, uh, all that to say he had just finished filming, which is why they were in New York city. And he was like, yeah, I just kind of like, got to this like you know kind of like outdoor summer camp and I was like making this movie with like Ben Platt I guess and like <laughs> it was just so cool and nonchalant about it and I had totally forgotten about it until <laughs> he pops up on screen as this fake agent <laughs> character and I lost my noodles because I was like okay but you didn't say that you are absolutely a standout little star moment like <laughs> you know what I mean and it's such a cute cut of the film yeah I mean he plays a kid who's at a summer theater camp, but he doesn't seem to have any interest in performing. Named he wants to Alan. Be, yes, the character was named Alan as the actor is, but he like j- just spends the whole time on the phone trying to talk to somebody who knows who about trying to sign one of the performers, the one who ends up getting the job and who is Priscilla Lopez's granddaughter. Um, it's very funny. And it's, it's uh, uh, like you said, it's a really kind of, it's almost like an interstitial bit that just comes up in between scenes occasionally, but it's very funny. and has a really nice fun payoff at the end of the film as well. Um, I do want to mention a couple little things here. I'm not sure. I'm maybe Noah played opposite Olivia Puckett in Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway, she makes an appearance in the film as one of the counselors from the neighboring camp. So I thought that was uh, a nice little keeping it in the family thing as well. And then I want to ask you to like, so at the very end, they they live stream Joan still to Joan's hospital room um, where she is in a coma. Unfortunately, they put the screen in front of the other person who's in her room. And at the end, that person apparently is not in a coma and she kind of wakes up. Did either of you recognize that other woman? I feel like I know who she is, but I couldn't put my finger on who that actress was. Oh, yes. I've seen her in so many things, but I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who she is, but I was like, oh, I know who that is. But I I couldn't figure it out. And none of the cast list, IMDb, Wikipedia, nobody has her. She wasn't in the credits, but there was a lot of people who were uncredited. I need to figure that out. So if you see it, when you see theater camp, if somebody knows who that is, please feel free to tweet me or send me an email or something because like it's going to be on my brain until I find out who that was but all right so I feel like that's a lot of it is there anything else that we need to make sure that people are aware of or just that we want to relive before we wrap up here quick shout out to Patty Harrison who's a delight always and was lovely in this and very very funny yeah Patty Harrison who like literally five years ago I was just like on the comic circuit of just being like wow she's like so funny and weird I I don't know if she'll ever catch on because she's just so strange and awesome and now she absolutely is booking every single thing and I'm like okay good we're good okay (laughs) so I agree is seeing her pop up on screen as well was just like oh thank god well between her and Aya who are like two people who are now like taking over entertainment in general but I didn't realize Io was a, a comic. Like I just thought she was like some Juilliard Carnegie Mellon trained, like serious actress. And like, oh no, she was a stand-up comic, which when I first realized that, I was like, oh, that is wild to me because I would have thought that she was like serious, theatrically trained, and she is, but like I would have thought she was like classically trained actress rather than somebody who got her start on Comedy Central doing stand-up. Yeah, because she's so good in the yes. bear. <laughs> and you would have no idea. I agree. You would have no idea. But she's so fun. And I loved it because I felt like she kind of, like, 
my w- one complaint is I feel like you could have used Io more, but like even then, like every time she was on screen, she was so funny and just like kind of vibing, and I was there for it. Well, someone asked her. They were like, "Ayo, you know, like why?" you're booking so many things like you're how are you doing it all and she was like i'm the only one who can pay my bills like what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) yeah just keep working all right so as we said theater camp will be released in theaters nationwide on july 14th i don't know if this is going to be a huge wide release or if it'll be you know more of a limited release it is a searchlight pictures Thing, which means that it'll probably end up on Hulu, maybe Disney Plus um, after a month and a half, two months of being in theaters. I, I feel like this could probably make it uh, be be appropriate for Disney Plus, but at least Hulu. But one of the two Disney owned streaming services will have it probably around Labor Day, if not a little bit later. But um, certainly one that I feel like is going to go down in the annals of theater campy movies along with camp and even waiting for Guffman. I've seen a lot of people compare it to waiting for Guffman to me. It did because the focus was more on the counselors did feel more of that, but certainly the camp vibes were there as well for obvious reasons. But um, Ashley, where can people follow along with all of your like ridiculous theater schedule and everything that you see literally almost every day? I mean, TikTok is where I do most of my internetting, um, but also just Ashley Hufford. Uh, and then also on Instagram, which is Ashley underscore Hufford, because Ashley Hufford is not available on Instagram for whatever reason. And we have to say your last name is spelled H-U-F-F-O-R-D, which is not how the placard at the no, uh, theater camp uh, screening was. I my name wrong and I was bummed because I was like, oh, I'm getting a plaque. This is cool. And then I was like, never mind. <laughs> Got your name wrong. Not go. I noticed that you didn't focus on that in your in your TikTok, but I was trying I, I, to be I, positive. I, yeah, good uh, for you. Good for you. I'm proud of you. I um, will say that that was the best. The, I will. I we got fanny packs, which is what we got fanny packs and water bottles and sunglasses and candy and a friendship bracelet. Sorry, great. Okay, well, um, but it is my now my go to summer fanny pack because it is fun having a theater camp fanny pack. Well, here's a question, Ashley. Why did you not grab Grace's for her? I should have. I After we left, me and my friend Rebecca looked at each other. Because like, everyone was concerned about me. They were just <laughs> coming off of the high of seeing a great film. And everyone's like, gosh, we've got to help our girl out. We, I will <laughs> no. say, we, like, we literally got outside and we were like, we should have grabbed. We, a, it was like, there was because there was not, you were not the only one out there. There was a couple empty ones. And I was like, should have picked up like six of them. And then like, give away and then give and grace first. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you had multiple friends like Ashley was there. Rebecca was there. Yeah, like, no, all my friends were there. I get it. <laughs> they, and they all dropped the ball. But uh, anyway, Grace, where can people find you? You can find me also on Today on Broadway with Matt throughout the entire week. Uh, but you can find me on all social media platforms at It's Grace Hockey. All right, everybody have. I think this is going to come out sometime either before or around the 4th of July. So we hope you had. A couple of nice days off. Whether or not you want to celebrate the 4th of July is completely up to you at this point. But um, uh, hopefully that there is a lot of theater that took place over the weekend. And hopefully you will have a chance to check out Theater Camp when it hits theaters later this month. What up, Adirondack? Listen up. Squad, gang. Maybe uh, zip it. Can we just get you guys to shoot? Oh, what a beautiful Oh, that was dope. Welcome, auditioners. You guys are so talented, so unbelievable. This will break you. 
This will fully destroy you. Congratulations on being the most talented kids at camp. Starfish, starfish, jiggle like a jackal, jiggle like a jackal. These are the things we can do with masks. These people are really weird. That's a good song choice. I, I do believe her as a French prostitute. Famous. Oh, I'm sorry, sex worker. Thank you. Sad news, I will not be doing piercings anymore in the hut because there's a narc amongst us. Um, Cassie has narked. It's totally fine. We're gonna need to prioritize the musicals, which means the straight plays are gonna have to be acoustic. Quick question, what's a straight play? There aren't musicals and then there are straight plays. So then what would be a gay play? I guess a, 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 a musical. Oh, cool. I know this one's a theater camp classic, so send our regards to Broadway, bitch. We only have three weeks to create a masterpiece. It's on you now. All on you. Let's do this. And cue cocaine. You need to know that only 3% of people make it. The rest end up in a mental facility or on a go-go box in Hell's Kitchen. This is a complete disaster. Everything is going to be okay. It doesn't work out, guys. We're theater people. We know how to turn cardboard into gold. This is fun and games. It's not fun. It's art. Minor housekeeping issue. Whoever stole my CBD gummies, please return that. I'm pretty sure I know who it was. Oh!